Let's do this. Valor, do you have any comments? No? You're just licking your paws? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so we're we're coming in hot. Our last episode went up on Wednesday and we're recording again. Oh, by the way, my name is Neve. And my name is Emily. And welcome to episode nine of Rowan and Pine. And it's our second spooktacular episode. I'm calling it <laughs> Spooktober. It's Spooktober 2. So we hope everybody's spooky season is going well. And today it's all about death. <laughs> Hopefully that sounded creepy. It did sound creepy. It just looked like on the uh, recording that I had just like exhaled. Maybe it was the banshee thing that you sent me where it was like this creepy like whispering kind of ghost. Oh. Was that it? Or was it a movie I was watching? There's a story in our our ghost stories episode about whispering ghosts. Is that what you're thinking of maybe? It might have been a movie that we were watching where like uh, a ghost kept coming by and saying like, you're gonna die (laughs) like stuff like that because we've been watching a lot of um his name is not peter schilling but i keep calling him peter schilling okay it's it's him and then the dude from lord of the rings never seen lord of the rings i forget what his character's name is but he's the really old guy ian mckellen no like like the wizard what is his name I was going to ask you who does he play in Lord of the Rings, but if you've never seen it, is he one? Do you know if he's one of the hobbits in Lord of the Rings or a wizard? I think he's a wizard. Is it not Ian McKellen, but the other wiz- wizard, uh, Saruman, who was the guy who was in a death metal band? Yes, the one who's in a death metal band. I yeah. don't remember his name. Holy shit, what is his name? Oh my god. Uh, people listening to this are going to be screaming. They're screaming it. Because <laughs> that guy, I think he was Ian Fleming who wrote James Bond's cousin. So people said that like he partially inspired James Bond. Oh my god, what is his name? Christopher this- Lee. Christopher Lee. Yeah, I was I was like, was it Chris something? <laughs> yeah, so you're but watching it's- Christopher Lee stuff? It's from when he was a lot younger. There are movies that are made in like the kind of like the 40s through the 60s. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of them are called Hammer films because it's like Hammer Productions or something like that. Right. But yeah, so we've been watching a lot of those and I don't know if it was from one of those movies where the like effects are pretty bad. Yeah. And I don't know. They're just they're great. Those are like the type of horror movies I can watch. Yeah, because it's like there's enough of a detachment. Yes. I've been watching a lot of horror. I'm really excited for Guillermo del Toro's uh, horror anthology that's coming out. This is so sad, right? I'm getting married on the 22nd, but I'm really excited for Guillermo del Toro's (laughs) horror anthology because it's coming out on the 25th. And I'm like, yeah, but I have that to look forward to after. Uh, Like, what are you most looking forward to? (laughs) Definitely Guillermo del Toro's. Cabinet of Curiosities is what he's calling it. Oh my God, that's amazing. In fairness, we're going on a little mini, mini moon. Um, I'm cringing at myself for calling it that but that is that is what we call them it doesn't sound as bad as when people go on a baby moon oh yeah a baby moon that's (laughs) i i understand the reason for a baby moon and a mini moon like for us is so a mini moon is typically in ireland so we're going to a little um cabin resort in the forest a couple hours away nice and we're gonna like shut ourselves in and watch Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities in the middle of the forest (laughs) and that's how we're going to celebrate our wedding. (laughs) Yeah we tried to do quote-unquote mini moon 
but it was like for our first anniversary because it just, you know, we got married in May of 2020, which was Mm -hmm. terrible. And we had this, it was an Airbnb rented out and it was like decorated like a medieval castle. So there was like a throne in it and like, it was super cool and we were really excited. We're like, well, our wedding is shit, but at least we can still stay in the super cool place. Mm -hmm. And then like very last minute, they were like, Oh, yeah, we have to cancel your reservation because we're (gasps) trying to, like, not have people in our Airbnbs unless they're, like, healthcare workers and, like, it's necessary. And I was like, this was the one thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you can't get a break, for God's sake. Yeah. And then we did our mini moon, like, for our anniversary, our first anniversary. And we went up to this. It's, like, on Lake Superior in wisconsin Mm -hmm. and so we went and this like cabin was super pretty and it was really like cozy and stuff and we really enjoyed that part but it was the weekend before everything opened for the summer oh so like we went out there and like nothing was open it was just like i was like okay (laughs) i'm done you're like i give up yeah i can't do it anymore (laughs) we have lots of things that were like getting into spooky season four i rewatched jennifer's body which is way better than I remember. I remember watching that as a teenager and just thinking it was okay. Yeah. But I feel like I get it a lot more now. I've never seen it. It's really good. It's a little gory. There's like a few kind of like like shots of like dead bodies and, and all of that there, but it's mostly funny. And Megan Fox is actually hilarious in it. Like her comedic timing is so good. That's awesome. So I just watched that. And then we watched the new Hellraiser film, the f- like first Hellraiser films, like I like horror fans are probably going to be like, shut up. But like Hellraiser is <laughs> camp as fuck. And it's just well, like so obviously in later ones, it's like intentionally camp as fuck. And yeah, like, I don't know. Like people say like is Pinhead a bisexual icon? Who knows? Or a pansexual icon? <laughs> <laughs> but the latest Hellraiser is really good. So if you guys are looking for spooky season recommendations, both of those are worth a watch. I remember being a kid in the the video rental store. Yeah. And like I remember seeing the Hellraiser cover and I like knew where it was in the store and I would like purposely avoid it because Uh-oh. it scared me. It bothered me too much to like think of like pins in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. ah. <laughs> It's insane to me how creative they are with all of the um they're like yeah, necro somethings. Anyway, yeah, people are also screaming this at their uh, in their headphones. All the creatures from like the Hellraiser like dimension or whatever. It's insane to me like the detail they have, like how they have like their skin like flayed and all that. It's like who came up with this? Like what do your nightmares look like? Because if this is what you're doing <laughs> in real life, I don't want to see them. <laughs> yeah, it is really terrifying when you think about. It. It's like somebody made this. Somebody thought this up. This came from somebody, some person's mind. Yeah. But yeah. If you're Stephen King, you just do a lot of coke and then it comes out. (laughs) Yeah. And then you just give up and don't bother writing an ending, which is what he loves to do. He's not great with endings. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of terrifying things and spooky things, um, so our episode for you today is really on theme. It is about death omens and more specifically about banshees. (laughs) definitely thought you were gonna do the creepy whisper voice again so banshees are probably the best known death omen i would think well maybe that's just my irish bias 
coming out. I'm trying to think of, I mean, I think the U.S., like, as a culture, we don't really have things like that. I don't know. I can't really think of, like, what a death omen is. Like, or, like, something that I've always known. Like, oh, that's, like, a death omen. I can't think of something like that. Well, we're going to get into some today. Um, We're going to talk about some death omens generally from around the world. But then we're going to get into banshees and who the hell is the banshee? What is she doing here? Why is she brushing her hair? Do we know? Spoiler alert, we don't really know. Where does she get her outfit? (laughs) Where does she get her outfit? What age is she? What is her name? Because... That is a spoiler alert. She may have a name, depending on which banshee um, we're talking about. So just to get some of our sources out of the way, um, I wanted to give a special shout out to the Irish folklorist Patricia Lysat, who did extensive work in recording stories and Irish folk tales and real life accounts from people. Um, She seems to have been working in the field since the 70s, so she has... A huge bibliography of work and yeah I got really excited when I found her stuff and hell yeah for women in academia yes we'll send them a fuck yeah folklore <laughs> yeah <laughs> also thanks to duchess.ie which is a Irish website which actually just collects and transcribes handwritten folklore and handwritten journals and diaries and documents uh, from like Irish archives and it's a really cool website if you ever want to waste a few hours. And then we have some other ones that I am going to link in the description because nobody came here to listen to me list out some websites. I did. (laughs) Emily did. (laughs) Emily likes some websites. That's how how you get her going, you know. (laughs) Bibliographies. (laughs) Into like death omens, probably the one that like is probably most common in across most cultures are death deities and more specifically death goddesses. You guys might remember a couple of episodes back in our uh, fairy episode, I told you about the Morrigan. So that's our Celtic death deity. She's a harbinger of death. She predicts death. She sometimes scares dude bros into thinking they're going to die. So then they actually do die, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy. She's metal as hell and we love her. We love her so much. (laughs) But also, the Morrigan does remind me of the Norse goddess Freya. So Freya also presides over the afterlife realm Folkvang. And according to one Old Norse poem, she chooses half of the warriors slain in battle to dwell there. We don't know what her system is. We don't know, does she only pick the hot ones? (laughs) Maybe. I would if I was her. She's like, no, 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 too skinny. Yeah. His his beard's a little patchy. No. He's going a bit thin on top. Um, <laughs> give me another one. We also have Hel, who is also a Norse goddess of death. Uh, she rules over Niflheim, which is known as the world of mist. And it's the place where the gentle dead go. So that is the people who do not die in battle. Okay. So basically everybody else? Everybody else. Everybody who is not a soldier, who does not die a soldier or a warrior's death. Interesting. Taking it to a United States, southwestern United States and Mexico. Uh, you guys may have heard of Santa Muerte, um, who is also known as Our Lady of Holy Death. Are you familiar with Santa Muerte um, at all? Like her imagery? So she's usually depicted as she's like a woman with a veil, but her face is a skeleton, like a skull. Yeah, I feel like I've seen yeah. that. She usually shows up in TV shows where they like to make racist uh, Mexican gangs worship a deity and it's usually her. Cool. Uh, racist cool. as in the writers are racist, <laughs> not the gangs are racist. 
So she's not exactly a saint, even though she is referred to as Santa Muerte. Her saintly title isn't legitimate. The Catholic Church have been trying for years to dissuade people from worshipping her, but her pull is much greater than the Catholic Church. Because she is also very metal. <laughs> she is very metal. Um, and she is, she's kind of like a patron saint of thieves because she is said not to punish for traditional sins. And her worshippers usually remark upon her kindness and her protection for the living. Interesting. Yeah, you'll see, as I said, like in like movies, TV shows where they have like, say, drug cartels, uh, Santa Muerte is usually, there's usually a little shrine to her somewhere in the gang's lair. I don't know how accurate that is, but um, <laughs> yeah, she's metal as fuck and she looks great. <laughs> and she looks great. She also might have some origins in a Aztec goddess called, now bear with me, Mictecasewatil. I had to write it out phonetically. Yeah, Aztec is a really interesting language. It's fascinating. So, she is called Lady Death to Aztec followers. Uh, she appears also as a skeleton and she ruled over the other world with her husband. She presides over festivals for the beloved dead, which are thought to be the origins of the Day of the Dead celebrations. I get like, I can never give people shit for uh, mispronouncing Irish because my mispronunciation of other languages is just absolutely yeah. abhorrent you know so yeah. like our cat her her name is aztec oh is and it our, yeah because it's technically pronounced sochil oh but like nobody could pronounce the l everybody was like sochil like it just <laughs> was really bad i was like let's just call her sochi because it's gonna be way easier for everybody so other than goddesses there are more sort of ordinary everyday death omens that have been recorded in different cultures around the world you see a lot of birds coming up, a lot of owls, a lot of crows. Uh, in Brittany, in France, uh, gulls flying towards the coast were seen as a death omen. Also dogs howling, which, you know, that's a bit like, does not happen all the time. Yeah, it happens every night in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, <laughs> somebody's dying again. In ancient Rome, uh, snakes were a death omen. And interestingly enough, death omens were a status symbol if you wanted to uh show how important your family was usually only really important people had death omens haha <laughs> <laughs> ha, i got a death omen where's your death omen <laughs> yeah your grandpa wasn't even that important <laughs> <laughs> your grandpa did see a banshee <laughs> the best example of this was gaius gracchus he told a story that ominous serpents portended his father's death but that was literally just so it would make his dad look more important than he was <laughs> so he made it up but interestingly enough you see that coming back in banshees usually there are some uh interpretations and accounts that say that the banshee only appeared when the male heir died or the male heir was going to die which sure yeah. whatever oh okay <laughs> okay only you yeah because i'm sure like she gave a shit about penises <laughs> <laughs> just like the rest of us <laughs> in central america and in the philippines black butterflies were an omen of death if you spot one in your house it can symbolize that someone in your home will soon pass away. Native American tribes like the Lakota, Omaha, Cheyenne, Fox, Ojibwa, Menominee, Cherokee, and the Creek tribe all consider owls to be the embodied spirit of the dead or associated with the spirit world in some way. And some appearances, the appearance of an owl during the day is a harbinger of death. Yeah. 
And there's also a story of an owl creature that stands in the sky, basically gatekeeping the land of the dead. Uh, only allows some individuals to pass over which once again how are these choices being made right <laughs> is he like a bouncer <laughs> not tonight but <laughs> he's like you're wearing the wrong shoes adidas <laughs> there's not enough hot girls getting in here okay you and your buddies come back in an hour okay in scotland we had talked before about in our fairy episode um about will of the wisps in scotland they actually call will of the wisps corpse candles because they're seen in many colors appearing to follow you around and they were believed that they are death omens that follow a person home so that they can collect their soul spooky yeah which is a little bit terrifying i just heard in a lore episode that will of the wisp was named after somebody named will i wonder is it um will the gray messenger so there is a dark grey figure of a man in Scottish folklore who appears to people and he is a harbinger of death. Is that Interesting. Will? <laughs> we just call him Will. <laughs> I wish I would have written it down or something like that because... It was pretty interesting. It was like, oh, this guy named Will, blah, blah, blah. And then he told like the story of this guy named Will. He sounded like he was a crook. So I'm kind of like, why do we name Swamp Lights after a yeah. crook? <laughs> well, it's kind of like Jack as well, Jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, I think he was talking about that in the same episode. Yeah, possibly. But talking about like disembodied heads, probably a, the most well-known death omen is the Headless Horseman. So the Headless Horseman, most of us know from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which it was written by Washington Irving in mm -hmm. 1820, an American author. That was inspired by the knight from the English tale Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, who was a headless horse rider. That was an Arthurian story. And it was a movie last year with Dev Patel. Absolutely beautiful film, even if you want to just look at it. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> film it's by a24 which is that like that studio that does amazing visuals they made an amazing job but awesome. it's speculated that the headless horseman the most earliest tale of one is a irish figure called the dullahan dullahan means dark man so the dullahan was a malevolent harbinger of death whose roots lie in celtic mythology he was the embodiment of the Cromdu, a fertility god who demanded blood sacrifice in the form of decapitation. Cute. That's not super pro-life of you. So uh, because Ireland Ireland became way more Christian over the years, Cromdu got really frustrated. He now roams the roads, calling the names of those doomed to die and carrying his head under his arm. Seems like a bit of an overreaction, if you ask me. <laughs> You're just being dramatic. <laughs> yeah. You're like, nobody's paying attention to me anymore. So I'm going to doom you all to death. <laughs> but in fairness, he's not a good looking fella. The description of his face is that the flesh of his face is decayed with the specific reference to the consistency of moldy cheese recurring nice. in retellings, which Emily, if you want to draw that, um, good luck. <laughs> There's like an episode of the Mighty Boosh where there's a guy and his head is like moldy cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he like moldy cheese? I mean, that's, I don't know. I guess that kind of feels like death. <laughs> smells like death. It's a very sad death. <laughs> yeah. A moldy cheesy death. Although I do like blue cheese. Oh, I do not. Too much oh. funk for me. It is a funky, funky cheese. <laughs> yeah. Is that going to be the title of this episode? Banshees and the funky, funky cheese. <laughs> Banshees. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to bring it all the way back home to Ireland. 
I'm going to talk to you about Irish death omens and ones that I have personal experience of. Y'all can believe me if you want, but when my grandfather died, there was a death knock at the door. So there were three knocks at the door and my mom went out to answer it and there was no one there. And then when she came back in to tell me that there was no one there, a picture fell off the wall with no apparent reason. Those are two pretty well known like death omens that a lot of Irish people believe in. Are they separate death omens or is that, uh, does it usually happen like, oh, somebody knocks on the door and then a picture falls down? No, they're usually separate. So like one, okay. one or the other could happen. But the fact that there were two of them together and then within like an hour, we got a call that my grandfather had died. That's super um, weird. Yeah, like really weird. It's also really interesting because wouldn't it be funny if it was just somebody who knocked at the wrong <laughs> yeah. door and then was like, oh shit. And then the <laughs> the breeze knocked a, of my mom coming in and out of the door just knocked the picture off the wall. I mean, these <laughs> yeah. are the explanations. Yeah. But also I was like a teenager when this happened and super emo. So obviously I was believing that this was a death omen, you know? Yeah, you were like, hell yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so other death omens in Ireland are birds. They raven, although I didn't think we had ravens in Ireland, but apparently a raven or a blackbird is a sign of death. Thinking you see people who are, you believe to have been already dead. So you might see somebody and you're like, hey, that looks like so-and-so and I thought he was dead. Um, and then the other one is yeah. one's own fetch. So I've never heard it being called that before, but if you see your own fetch, that is your doppelganger. So it's your supernatural double or an apparition of somebody else who is already living and you know that it's not them. And doppelgangers creep yeah. the shit out of me. I don't know why I find them so scary. One of my friends from high school, you know, we were friends in high school and then we went to different colleges. She made a friend at her college and she was like, this person looks just like you. And yeah. I was like, I'm sure she does. And then she ended up showing me a picture and I was like, <gasps> this person actually does oh kind of God. look like me. It's very weird. And then she wanted us to meet each other and I was telling somebody about it and they were like, you can't meet each no, other, no, you're no, not no. supposed to meet your doppelganger. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, that, then you die. And I was like, what? Yeah, absolutely not. I'd be like, keep that evil away from me. <laughs> Do not let me meet this person. So there's like a story that was collected by Patricia Lysat of uh, somebody who had encountered a fetch. Um, it wasn't her own fetch, but it was someone um, who was a distant cousin. So the story goes like this. My mother was washing one day at the back window of our cottage. It was a cottage that our distant cousin uh, used to come to stay with us at. So she saw him coming up the garden and she was anticipating him coming in. And she was like, wait, he should have come in by now. So she went, went out to see where he had yeah. gone. If he was like out, staying outside for some reason and there was no sign of him anywhere. So she thought maybe she had imagined it. But then that night when she went to get his bed ready for him, because he was supposed to be coming to stay, word came that he had been found dead uh, where he'd gone off for a walk across the roads. And she believes that her seeing him coming up the path was him coming to let her know that he wasn't going to be staying there that night. Uh, he was coming to say goodbye. That is so Isn't creepy. It? Like the fact that like she was yeah. expecting him and then it was like so ordinary that she was like, oh yeah, there he is. And then like, wait, where is he? yeah maybe it was his spirit walking to the next world yeah maybe he's like oh damn i really wanted to come stay there <laughs> i'm just gonna go anyway <laughs> really looking forward to this <laughs> 
I had mentioned to you before that um, I remembered reading about Abraham Lincoln's doppelganger. Oh, yeah. So I did. I said to you that I thought it was his wife who had seen it, but I had the story wrong. So I actually found the account. So a queer dream or illusion had haunted Lincoln at times through the winter. On the evening of his election, he had thrown himself on one of the haircloth sofas at home just after the first telegrams of November 6th had told him he was elected president. And looking into a bureau mirror across the room, he saw himself full length, but with two faces. It bothered him. He got up. The illusion vanished. But when he lay down again, there in the glass again were two faces, one paler than the other. He got up again, mixed in with the election excitement. He forgot about it, but it came back and haunted him. He told his wife about it and she was worried too. A few days later, he tried it once more by lying down on the haircloth sofa and the illusion of two faces again registered to his eyes, but that was the last time. The ghost since then wouldn't come back. He told his wife, who said it was a sign that he would be elected to a second term, and the death pallor of one face meant that he wouldn't live through it. Oh no. We all know what that happened so to him. so creepy. <laughs> yes. And the fact that like he tried the same thing again, going like, maybe it's just the way I'm lying down on the couch. I'm just seeing... You know, whatever way the mirror is like bending the light, it looks like I've got two faces yeah. and he couldn't replicate it. It's ugh. Yeah, that is very weird. There was like a psychic who predicted uh, JFK's assassination. It was pretty weird. She was like a psychic to celebrities or something like that. It was on that podcast, American Hysteria. Oh, was she the one that, um, was it, was it Nancy Reagan's wife who was really into psychics? Or Nancy Reagan's I wife. Think, Nancy I'm, Reagan is the wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her yeah but then it was like oh there's gonna be like a man with blue eyes who's elected president but he's not gonna live through his presidency oh yeah so creepy if somebody like said that about me it's like oh you're gonna whatever but you'll die i'd be like well uh yeah <laughs> please just don't tell me i don't want to know yeah. <laughs> i would rather just just see what happens you know live each day in the moment without the dread of like 30 days left yeah <laughs> So there is a, another phenomenon that's a death omen called the returning dead, which is like we were saying before, somebody who you know to be dead, but you see them again. There was an account relayed by two young guys who were out gathering firewood. So they saw this branch that was leaning over a laneway. One of the young lads was afraid to cut it down because it would be too obvious that it was that it had been cut down. It was like a forbidden branch. They weren't supposed to be cutting it down. As they were going up to it, this man comes up to them. Ooh. And he said, the night is for the dead and the day is for the living. Go home. The two guys were like, so you go home. What the fuck? <laughs> One of them got a bit frightened and went home. So the other guy was like, who the hell was that? Like, basically, we're going to go back out again and get that branch because who the hell was that guy coming and telling us to go home? <laughs> I would be the friend who's like, we are not going yeah. out again. <laughs> So when they went out the second night, the guy was up the tree. The man who had spoken to them was sitting in the tree. That's when you definitely turn yeah, around. Yeah, why is that more terrifying than him standing there? That's more <laughs> terrifying, him being up a tree. Because people don't casually sit in trees. No, at night. <laughs> a man who had told you that the night is for the dead. Good evening, sir. We will hopefully not see you later. This time, the guy up the tree says, the night is for the dead and don't have me tell you again for a third time or you'll be the one who's out every night. Perched in a tree like this. Yeah, that's like a guy just threatening people from a tree. Some dead guy in a tree telling you that you shouldn't be out at night. Maybe just go the fuck home, all right? Yeah, maybe don't be out at night then. It's like how we talked about with the the Bennington Triangle. It's mm -hmm. like when people tell you don't do something, like don't go there, bad things happen there. Yeah. Uh, 
maybe listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like one time you should take, invi- take advice from a man setting up a tree. <laughs> Ordinarily, I'd say no, but this time, yes. <laughs> so the main event, the one that we've all come here for, is the Banshee. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. The Banshee <laughs> is our ultimate harbinger of death. She has a few different forms that she takes. She can be an old crone or a tall young lady. Her origin is unknown. Uh, she's kind of just always been here. It's always been something that people have talked about. But the Banshee is just part of the landscape. Just landscape. Banshee is uh, the Irish for fairy woman. So Ban is woman and she, S-I-D-H-E, is the adjective fairy. So fairy woman. There are theories that her origins are she was a professional keener. So keen as in that's an anglicization of the Irish word C-A-O-I-N, which is pronounced the same way, keen, which means to cry. So a professional keener were women who were hired to come to funerals and cry uh, right up until the last century. I Uh, would love for that to just be my job. Wouldn't it? Like... I sent this to my friend and I was like, here, here's a job for you. And she's like, oh my God, I do that for free. I just cry all the time. <laughs> uh, Medardo was making fun of me because a couple nights ago, a commercial came on the TV and it was about elephant poaching. Aww. And I cried as though somebody told me a loved one had passed away. <laughs> it wasn't just like teary eyes. I was full blown crying. Oh, yeah. And he's like, he's like, <laughs> he goes. The elephants are just actors, Emily. Like, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's not okay. I'm just sitting there crying. And he's like trying to make me feel better by like being goofy. And I'm just like, just stop. The elephant is a paid actor. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he was saying. (laughs) For some reason, I keep, maybe it's because I keep watching them. I keep getting on TikTok people showing their last days with their pets. No. And I'm like, it is heart wrenching. One today was showing her, like her childhood a cat who like lived to be really old so it was like the first picture was her as like a six-year-old girl and then her holding it like and she's in her 20s and the cat was a big ginger fat cat called Georgie and I was like I don't even know Georgie and I'm devastated Ugh, I hate that that's what because my cat I got her for my 10th birthday and then I had to put her down a few years ago and it was so hard because I was like I've had you since I was a child yeah now I'm like an adult you like moved to Chicago with me like all that stuff and I think I relate too much to those things uh-huh. that it's just too emotional for me. Yeah, like Ewan is, like I've mentioned Ewan's little West Highland Terrier, Jack. Yeah. Um, Jack was put to sleep, gosh, like maybe six, seven years ago now. Um, Ewan still can't watch any videos of West Highland Terriers. Oh, and no. there is a man in our town who has like a little West Highland Terrier and he always brings her out for walks and Ewan can't look at her. Like he has to turn the other way. And it's it's getting worse because she's starting to get a little bit slow. As you can see, she's oh, getting older. No. And Ewan's like driving and hit the man will be walking her past our car. And Ewan's just like eyes forward. He just can't, can't deal with her. <laughs> I just imagine he's walking down the sidewalk and this man comes with the dog and he like his eyes bulge <laughs> and he turns around and runs the other way. Yeah. He's like, no, I can't see it. <laughs> just cannot deal with west highland terriers it's like yeah a real uh a real source of pain for him i also don't know what a west highland terrier looks like so now i need to google it yeah you need to look them up they're little cheeky looking fuckers (laughs) anywho back to the banshees (laughs) so yeah the theory yeah you're looking at a west highland terrier they're They're so cute cute. yeah (laughs) oh 
The theory about banshees is that in life, they were professional keeners who did not carry out their task properly. Not enough tears. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, she she wasn't selling it properly. So <laughs> within death, she will have to cry for everyone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and what is it with like ghostly women crying that is like just so terrifying to people? Yeah. And it's just like, well, a lot of men can't handle one woman cry anyway. They don't really know what to do. So maybe that's where this is coming from. <laughs> it's like, oh no, an emotion. It's so scary. <laughs> the other theory is that Banshee is, in some parts of Ireland, the Banshee is called a bow. So it's spelled, you're going to love this, Emily. It's spelled B-A-D-H-B-H. It's pronounced bow. I don't bow. know what you just said. <laughs> um, so a bow is a type of carry-on bird. Uh, carry-on, not as in luggage. But carry on yeah, as in... That was where my brain immediately went <laughs> since I just flew yesterday. I was like, carry on. <laughs> carry on as in flesh. <laughs> I was bitching yesterday too because like we didn't have carry on bags. And so like oh, we no. could have just walked off the plane and we were in the last row on Ugh. the plane. And I was like... I swear to God, it should be like, okay, everybody who doesn't have a carry-on bag, mm -hmm. you can get off. Yeah, instead of standing there watching people struggle and hit each other in the face as they pull out their <laughs> carry-on right. bags. And you're waiting forever and you like have to pee. <laughs> yep. So yeah, the the theory is that the bow is a woman who assumed the form of a carry-on bird and her scream is actually when she's in bird form. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Were we talking about on a previous episode how people think that um, eagles sound different than they do because they usually use the sound of a hawk? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make it uh, even more common knowledge by talking about it on this podcast because I get really annoyed about it. I'm like, that's not an eagle, it's a hawk. Yeah, it's like <laughs> propaganda that you're not actually, um, they're just trying to make them sound cooler than they are. Yeah, they're like, oh, look how majestic. It's a call that's not even belonging to the eagle. The eagle's call is like, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. Sound like a little it's bird. just like a little peepy -pee bird, yeah. And hawks don't get enough credit, and I love hawks. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the Banshee, actually, what I didn't know, as I mentioned before, they only appear to the oldest of Irish families, so family names beginning with O or Mac. But I didn't realize that they also have, the families have specific named Banshees, which serve them. <laughs> so if you're a Fitzgerald, your Banshee is called Anya, which is really funny because... I went to school with so many girls called Anya. That's hilarious. Named if, after a banshee. Yeah. If you're a McCarthy, your banshee is called Kleena. C-L-I Fada. Fada is a little accent. C-L-I Fada O-N-A. And if you're an O'Brien, uh, your banshee is called Evil. So that's A-O-I-B-H-E-A-L-L. -L. And it sounds like the word evil, but Evil. Interesting. I wonder if uh, Conan O'Brien will see that. So he has his own banshee. Everybody look out for her. If he gets sick, we'll know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when he got that concussion. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but I do because I love Conan. <laughs> I heard his podcast amazing. I've never listened to it, though. Yeah, he's great. He's hilarious. Is it like Conan O'Brien has no friends or something? Is that or like Conan O'Brien's looking for a best friend or something like that. But yeah, it is really funny. Yeah. He's just great. He's one of those people who, if I found out that he did bad things, I would be, be absolutely devastated. devastated. I'd be like, yeah, that's Dave Grohl for me. If I found out Dave Grohl was, oh, yeah. was an asshole, I would be just like, I would lose all faith in humanity. I'd be sad about that yeah. too. Fellow Capricorn, we just found yes. out. <laughs> yeah, we were discussing how Dave Grohl's fear of flying was got over because he looked up how planes work and how they stay in the sky. And Emily joked, like, is he a Capricorn? And he actually is. He was born 
his birthday is two days before ours, so you called it. <laughs> it sounds like something that I would yeah. do. I would be like, no, I need to fully understand what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I always hear that that's like a Capricorn thing yeah. is to like research the fuck need out to of research, stuff. yeah, and yeah. <laughs> fully understand something. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize if anybody can hear cats wandering around because I'm in my living room recording this, and the cats were all asleep when I started, and now they're not. So um, <laughs> they have woken up. One of them is just tearing up the carpet in front of me. Anyway, <laughs> the children have awoken. Yes. Appearance-wise, the Banshee, sometimes she has wings, but I only found one account where it said she has wings. Um, As I said, she can be young and beautiful, sometimes old and fearsome looking. Uh, One writer described her as a tall, thin woman with an uncovered head and long hair that floated around her shoulders, attired in something which seemed either a loose white cloak or a sheet thrown hastily around her uttering piercing cries cute nice she often has blonde hair or long white hair uh she wears red red dress down to her ankles or a scarlet cape around her shoulders she's trying to be sexy mm-hmm. sometimes she has a handkerchief and she's rubbing her eyes because she's crying so much she's like i'm not a banshee it's just allergies <laughs> These are cutting the grass way too much here please stop uh sometimes she's seen sitting on a well or a stone wall. I don't know why she likes sitting on rocks. Maybe she's getting some sort of bladder infection. Maybe that's what's upsetting her so much. She's just sit- sitting on cold rocks all the time. It's like it burns. She's like, I constantly feel like I have to pee and I never pee. Oh no. It's the worst. In terms of what she does or what she is known to do. So we all know about her crying. So the crying can happen three times. You'll either hear her three times within one night or you'll hear her on three successive nights. It's described as really lonesome. It's a wailing cry. Sometimes people think it's a dog howling. Other times it's described as being like a vixen fox, which I have an example. It's either a vixen fox or a barn owl. So I'll just show you what they sound like. So this is a scream of a vixen, like a female fox. Yeah, so that's a fox. Yeah, it sounds awful. Can you imagine hearing that in the dead of night? I think I've heard it before. I think when I was growing up, there was like foxes fighting or something outside my house, and it sounded like I was freaked out. My dad was like, it's just Mm -hmm. animals. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Sounds like somebody's dying. There is a phenomenon like here in like rural parts of Ireland that the Gardaí, who's like our police force, they'll get a call that a woman is being hurt and sometimes it'll happen so often in one night and they'll have been out to check and they'll be like it's a fox we've checked already but like so many people will keep <laughs> yeah. calling because everybody draws oh the same conclusion conclusion like there's a woman be- being harmed like please go out and help her but it's i mean yeah. you've heard that like that is horrifying but i didn't think anything would be more horrifying than that until i heard a barn owl so barn owls are little white owls. Um, for anybody who is in Ireland, it's so our long running like late night chat show is called the Late Late Show, and the symbol of the Late Late Show is a barn owl. Okay. Just for uh, anybody who's familiar with the Late Late Show, not with James Corden, different one. Uh, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not with James Corden. <laughs> so you know you know what it's like in your head. That is horrifying. Yeah, owls make really interesting noises. Yeah. 
They're so cute, but yeah. They are. But yeah, they like make like hissing noises and stuff. I love owls. I think they're so cool. <laughs> and I'm lucky that I get to work with some owls. Yeah. At my rehab. Do you just seem like flying cats to me? The one uh, last week when I was going to go feed him, he's usually kind of like hiding, but this time he was just like perched above me, just looking down at me like and not blinking. And I like looked up and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, you actually are like kind of scary looking. Because <laughs> their eyes are so dark as well. Like they get the, they have that little like kind of, they look so intelligent, but their eyes are really evil looking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it was really interesting. I was just like, oh, wow, you are peering into my soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other weird thing that she does, which I didn't know until I was researching it, is that she claps. Claps? She claps. That's weird. So Mr. Westrop writes, The sister of a former Roman Catholic bishop told his sisters that when she was a little girl, she went out one evening with some other children for a walk. Going down the road, they passed the gate of the principal domain near the town. There was a rock or a large stone beside the road on which they saw something. Going nearer, they perceived it to be a little, dark, old woman who began crying and clapping her hands. Some of them attempted to speak to her but got frightened and they all finally ran home as quickly as they could. The next day, the news came. The gentleman near whose gate that the banshee had cried was dead and it was found on an inquiry that he had died at the very hour at which the children had seen her. There's a real disconnect between crying and clapping. It's so strange. Like, I can't, I can't imagine, like... Just being really sad and clapping at the same time. Because it's, they're such opposite things. The other thing she does is, she's always seen combing her hair. So sometimes her hair will, like, reach down almost to her ankles. And she can be seen combing her hair, but sometimes she'll like leave her comb behind. But if you take it, she becomes violent with you. Yeah. Don't touch any suspicious combs. No. Just leave leave a comb there. Because also, like, you don't know where it's been. Right. Pretty gross anyway. You don't know what that person's uh, hygiene situation was like. Yeah. Oh, God. When people try on hats in stores, it's just gross. I'm like, yeah. how many other people have put that on their dirty heads? So the story for combing her hair is two men were returning from a visit one night when they saw a banshee sitting on a wall, probably getting a kidney infection, (laughs) combing her hair. The banshee (laughs) disappeared when they came near her, but she left her comb on the wall and one of the men took it. Also, why? Yeah. In the middle of the night, the banshee appeared at his window demanding her comb back, but he was too afraid to just hand it to her. So he put it on top of a shovel and... (laughs) Stuck the shovel out the window (laughs) with the comb on it. Uh, But he was right to do that because she was so angry that she broke the shovel in two. So imagine if that was his hand. Been a expensive ER trip. Yeah. Although your healthcare is different there. So that (laughs) good for you. (laughs) Not to gloat. (laughs) Um, There is also some sounds, lights and other phenomena that accompany her. Things like tapping and knocking. And like the knocks, as we said before, are uh, omens of impending death. Sometimes she'll have a light in her hand or a lantern and you can see the lantern coming up the road and then you'll hear her crying, which is, yeah, that whole thing is just absolutely shit. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just a shit time all around. Yeah. We have like one of the oldest and best known accounts of the Banshee. Um, It's actually from a memoir from 1642. Wow. Um, it's the memoirs of Lady Fanshawe. This story is older than my country. (laughs) (laughs) True. 
1642, uh, Lady Fanshawe's husband, Sir Richard, and her chanced to visit a friend uh, who was the head of an Irish sept, and he resided in an ancient baronial castle surrounded by a moat. At midnight, Lady Fanshawe was awakened by a ghastly and supernatural scream, and looking out of bed, beheld in the moonlight a female face and part of the female form hovering at the window. The distance from the ground, as well as the circumstance of the moat, excluded the possibility that what she beheld was of this world. The face was that of a young and rather handsome woman, but pale, and the hair, which was reddish, was loose and dishevelled. The dress, which Lady Fanshawe's terror did not prevent her remarking accurately, was that of the ancient Irish. This apparition continued to exhibit itself for some time, and then vanished with two shrieks similar to that which had first excited Lady Fanshawe's attention. In the morning, with infinite terror, she communicated to her host what she had witnessed, and found him prepared not only to credit but to account for the superstition. A near relation of my family, said he, expired last night in this castle. We disguised our certain expectation of the event from you, lest it should throw a cloud over the cheerful reception which was your due. Now, before such an event happens in this family or castle, the female spectre whom you have seen is always visible. She is believed to be the spirit of a woman of inferior rank, whom one of my ancestors degraded himself by marrying, and with whom afterwards, to expiate the dishonour done to this family, he caused to be drowned in the moat. Fuck you, dude. Like, you married this woman and she was of lower rank and you were just so, so dishonoured by it, you drowned her in the moat. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. It's like You knew what you were getting into. Yeah. It's like, what, did she lie about who she was? Probably not. Oh my gosh. In strictness, this woman could hardly be termed a banshee. The motive for the haunting is akin to that of a tale of the Scotch drummer of Cortichy, where the spirit of the murdered man haunts the family out of revenge and appears before a death. So, like, was she impersonating a banshee? Is she just, like, a revenge ghost? <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. It's hard to tell. Um, and then the most modern account we have is by a guy called Willie Good, which is a fantastic name. Yeah. <laughs> He writes, it all started with a disturbing noise. I initially put it down to cats outside the house because we all know what cats sound like when they're uh, in the mood. <laughs> when they're in the mood or when they're fighting. Yeah. Or... Although I think you would know the difference between a cat fight and yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> the other stuff that they get up to. Within seconds of careful listening, I knew that wasn't the case. The noise would move, go out the front of the house and then around the back again. This was going on for a full quarter of an hour. Eventually it stopped and I went to bed and fell asleep. The next morning I learned that both of my neighbours, a father and a daughter who lived just a quarter of a mile up the road, had passed away during the night. I think it was a double banshee when several banshees appear at once. A band of banshees. A warning that is reserved for the worst of tragedies. A band of banshees, so you get double bansheed. So yeah, if you're hearing something that you think yeah. is a dog howling... Maybe just go to bed. Maybe that's uh, it's a band of banshees just laying siege to your home yeah so that is all of the research and the accounts that i have on death omens and banshees Yay. did you learn much emily i did i learned a lot i'm just not familiar with banshees like at all mm -hmm. i know the you've seen the the darby o'gill clip that i sent you yes that, i've um... seen that and i know that um like i've always known that banshees are like a thing they're like a spooky thing but mm -hmm. um never was really familiar with the kind of like the lore surrounding them and where they come from and what they represent. 
Um, I actually never knew like the what the origins were. It's kind of like as it said in the research that sorry, there's a cat using a litter box now. <laughs> Ugh. Are you done? What are you digging? <laughs> the things that I'm gonna have to edit out like so funny. I think yeah. the meows should stay in. Yeah, I can keep the meows in to get the full like Neve experience. <laughs> the full Neve experience. <laughs> yeah, what it's like to hang out with me. Just hear oh meowing. Goodness. Yeah, just cats constantly. <laughs> cats clawing up carpets and stuff. But yeah, I never knew, like, uh, as the researchers said, what they believe the origins of the Banshee are. Um, that she was a professional keener who did a shitty job in real life. I mean, that's some per work life balance. <laughs> that's like per work death balance, really. Yeah. Still working even in death. It's like Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense. Spoiler alert for anyone who's never seen Sixth Sense. Bruce Willis is still going to work after his death. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never seen it, but um, I did know that it's like, oh, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Yeah, it was spoiled for me before the first time I saw it. But like that happens a lot because I usually will see films like years after they come yeah. out. So. Well, and this came out, what, 25 years ago? So yeah, I don't think anybody can be mad at us. It can't. It can't be spoiled. It's beyond spoiling point. <laughs> I think it'll help people get into the spooky mood of spooky season, and um, hopefully, nobody is hearing foxes outside their window and getting the knickers scared off themselves. I when we had just moved into this house, there was we still don't know if it was raccoons or what happened, but there was something in our attic, and they were fighting, or if it oh, was like God. squirrels or something, and so there was just like rumbling and like screeching sounds, and we were like. <laughs> what's going on <laughs> and you're just like i hope that's all it is <laughs> right i hope it's a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> nothing bigger than that anyway yeah <laughs> they're like possums possums are just fascinating to me because they're so huge and ugly <laughs> well baby ones are cute yeah the baby ones are super cute and it's yeah. funny how they like sometimes they don't even make noise they'll just open their mouth at you to like mm -hmm. show their teeth because they're like look at me i'm scary <laughs> Yeah, like when kittens are like learning to hiss and all it is is gum. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Absolutely petrifying. But yeah, thanks for telling us about Banshees. You're welcome. Um, I'm glad I had an excuse to look into it more and to look into more death omens. If there are any of the death goddesses that anybody wants us to do an episode about, they all seem cool and metal as fuck. Yeah. And yeah, which is the one that has a chariot of cats? Didn't you send me one? Freya? I sent a meme to Neve about Freya and how she is, uh, well, hold please, I'll read it. It says, if anyone tells you that you can't be a badass and also girly, don't forget to tell them that one of the most beloved Norse goddesses, Freya, was the goddess of beauty, sexuality, and fertility, but she was also the goddess of sorcery, war, and death. And then somebody replied, also she did this all while riding a chariot pulled by cats. <laughs> yes she's the hero we all need she's all who we aspire to be and um hopefully her cats don't use litter boxes while she's talking <laughs> she's like listen i'm the goddess of war i'm busy i got stuff to do i gotta terrify some soldiers all right just pick the hot ones <laughs> i think some of these goddesses need to be like our um our mascots for the podcast mm -hmm. like the morgan and then Freya. So that'll do it for our second Spooktober episode. Uh, you can come back next week where we're going to have some 
ghost stories for you. Some listener ghost stories, some online ghost stories. Personal ghost stories. Some personal ghost stories. Emily's going to give you all nightmares, which is, um, that's her mission in life. (laughs) I just want to tell everybody about my haunting and make them scared. Yeah, make them scared of basements because I am definitely scared of them. Yeah, I don't really like basements. I'm not (laughs) super scared of them. It's just like Madarda really likes basements and I'm the complete opposite. He likes cold, dark places. I don't know. It's really weird. (laughs) Is he a bot? (laughs) (laughs) Are you like a vampire or what's happening? (laughs) If I'm gone all day and I come home and like he's gotten up and he's been around the house, like he won't open any of the curtains. So I'll come home oh. and it's the middle of the day and it's all dark. <laughs> yeah, he's really leading into the whole like you guys are Gomez and Morticia thing, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much <laughs> with our child Wednesday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, tune back in next week and you can hear all about that, about our basements and our ghosts. And yeah, if you want to keep up with us, you can check us out on Instagram or at Rowan and Pine. You can submit stories, queries, or concerns. I was going to say queries or questions, but they're the same thing. <laughs> stories, queries, or concerns to Rowan and Pine Pod at gmail.com. Baller is climbing up onto me. And you can also check us out on Facebook, uh, but don't rely on that for updates. Also TikTok, right? Also TikTok, but I haven't got my uh, access back to TikTok yet. So oh, no. I forgot We may about have a that. new TikTok account coming. Yeah. <laughs> might have to follow a new tiktok but also youtube oh yeah and we're on youtube now so you can listen to podcasts on youtube if you so choose yes and i am trying out youtube shorts because youtube doesn't care about long videos anymore apparently of course not we gotta keep with the times we're all having an attention span of a gnat so exciting times we live in nobody wants to watch anything that's more than five seconds yeah so thank you guys for listening to an hour-long podcast. Yes. I have been Neve, And I'm Emily. Fuck yeah, folklore. Fuck yeah, folklore. This is our Band of Banshees episode. Band of Banshees. <laughs> Banshees episode. Banshees. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.